as I'm in this series, Hope Has a Name, and I titled today's message, Finding Hope in God's Love. Finding Hope in God's Love. Today's a big day in the Cooper family. My wife and I are celebrating 23 years of marriage today. You are so beautiful to me. 23 years of marriage. I can't believe it. I still feel like a kid. I guess I'm not anymore, but 23 years of marriage today. And I just think about our love story, uh, how we met and falling in love. And matter of fact, I was a football player at Evangel University uh, playing football. And I was, I was my senior year in college. I was 20 and Tiffany uh, was 18, came to college uh, and I think she turned 20, uh, 19, uh, 19, then I turned 21, and, and we, we met in chapel. Uh, at Evangel, they have a couple of chapels a week, and I was standing in the lobby with some of the football players before chapel service started, and we were just kind of hanging out in the lobby talking, and I saw Tiffany walk by. I said, hey, hey, come here. She came over. Hi. I said, how are you? I said, what's your name? She goes, Tiffany. She says, what's your name? I said, Herbert. She goes, Herbert? Herbert Cooper? Are you Herbert Cooper? I'm like, oh, I got you. Oh, I don't, I don't know what you heard, but I can tell it's been good. <laughs> and the love journey began after that moment. Matter of fact, let me take you back to our college days. This is Tiffany and I right here sitting in her dorm room years ago, falling in love. Now, now, what you ought to really clap for is that blanket in the background because we still have that blanket. It's in our living room right now on the floor probably. Come on, how many know they're not making blankets like they used to? Come on, somebody. That blanket right there. Thank you, Jesus, for that blanket. <laughs> Come on, show that next picture. This is Tiffany and I in the hallway. Come on, check out that denim. Come on, check out. Come on, check me out with them with them pants. Right? Come on, somebody. Back in the day, right there. That's us in college in the hallway. Come on, show that next picture. Uh, this is Tiffany and I. This is before the football banquet. I was probably about 200, 200, 200 pounds, 205 pounds now. I'm about a, a buck 70 right now. But back in the day, playing college football, I was about 200 pounds. And this is getting ready for my senior football banquet. There we are together, falling in love in college. And here we are. This is my senior, this is my senior banquet for uh, graduating college. And this is us at Chateau of the Lake for the senior banquet. Don't we look dapper? Don't we look beautiful? 24 years ago. Come on, somebody. I love our love story. I love all the memories. I love how we fall in love and four kids and started a church together. I love our story. And I know all of you married folks too, you love your story. There's nothing like your love story. But can I tell you, the greatest love story of all is when God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world so that he could have a relationship with you and me. It's the greatest love story of all. Matter of fact, the Bible describes this love story in John chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I want to unpack this verse for you today. 
and talk to you about finding hope in God's love. And the first thought is simply this that I want to put into your heart and mind today, and that is God loves. God loves. John 3 verse 16 says, for God so loved. God is love. Now, when I say that, some people right now think, no, 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 I thought God was mad, or God is hateful. Or they look at 2020 and they think, how can God be loving? Look at our world in 2020. Look at this global pandemic. Look at the sickness. Look at the death. Look at the pain. Look at the job loss. Look at racism and mental health issues. Look at all the hate and the division in the world. Look at the injustices. Look at the poverty. Look at the starving children. And you're trying to tell me God is love? How could a loving God? Allow all of this pain and suffering and wickedness and death. And what you have to understand today is what we see in our world today was not God's plan. You see, when God created Adam and Eve and he made the first man and woman and put them in the Garden of Eden, it was perfection. There was no sin. There was no death. There was no sickness. You see, this was God's plan for humanity to live in the garden, to have fellowship with God. But God gave humanity a Free will. God has given us the ability to make decisions. And Adam and Eve decided to disobey God. They decided to rebel against God. And Adam and Eve's decision to disobey God ushered into our world sin. It ushered ushered in death. It ushered in sickness. It ushered in all kind of craziness and tornadoes and earthquakes into our world. But, but I want you to understand today, I don't want you to confuse the consequences of man's sin with God not being a loving God. Because God is a loving God. God is a loving God. God is a loving God. That's who he is. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. So, so if, if, you, if you are a loving person, or let me say it like this, if you're a hateful person, you don't know the Lord. Because God is love, love, and if you're born of God, if you know God, you will have love in your heart. Verse 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. God is love. That's who he is. Yes, there's COVID-19. Yes, there's hate and sicknesses and injustices and death because human beings have made poor decisions and, and we continue to make poor decisions. We, we, listen, we live in a fallen world. We live in a messed up world. But don't confuse. I got to say this to you. I'm talking to somebody that really needs to know this. Don't confuse all the chaos and the consequences of sin with God not being a loving God. God is love. We celebrate Christmas today because God is love. God sent Jesus because God is love. First John chapter 4 and verse 16 goes on to say, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And as much as I say this, I keep saying God is love. God is love. God is love. And some of you are having a hard time believing it because you're looking at your life. And you're thinking to yourself, look at all the pain I've been through. Look at all the heartache I've been through. Look at all the disappointment I've been through. It doesn't feel to me that God is love. Don't confuse your pain and your hurt and your disappointment with God not being a loving God. You see, the reality is because we live in a fallen, sin-sick world, we all go through pain. We all go through heartache. We all go through difficulties. We all go through loss. It's a part of life in a fallen world. But it doesn't disqualify God from being a God of love. He's a God of love. He, he, he loves you. He's a God of love. God is loving. Matter of fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 136 and verse 26, give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. In other words, God didn't decide yesterday to become a God of love. He didn't decide last month or last year or the last decade to become a God of love. God has always been a God of love and his love will endure forever. God is love. There's a second thing that you have to understand on this Sunday before Christmas and that is God loves you. God loves you. John 3 verse 16 says, for God so loved the world. And some of you believe that. You believe God loves the world. Some of you would actually say, I believe God loves people. What's difficult for a lot of people is to believe that God loves you. God loves you. And some of you struggle really believing, Pastor, how can God love someone like me? Because look at all of my mistakes. Look at all my mess-ups. Look at all my issues. Look at all my problems. And you look at your life and you think, how could God love somebody like me? But did you realize this, church? God loves you just like you are. Listen, God, no matter what you do, you can't make God love you more. God loves you just the way that you are. You can't do anything to earn God's love. You, you can't do anything to cause God not to love you. God loves you just like you are. You say, well, Pastor, I can look at all my imperfections. I look at all my mistakes. But you have to understand that our God is love, and he loves you in spite of all of your mistakes. He loves, he loves you with all your flaws, all of your issues. God loves you. The scripture says this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's how God demonstrated his love for us. While we were a mess, while we were jacked up, messed up, tore up from the flow up. Let me say it to you like this. While you were doing your worst sin. Some of you don't want to go down memory lane right now. Oh, Pastor, would you move on about that worst sin stuff? No, no, I, I want you to get it in your mind. While you were doing your worst sin, God loved you in the middle of it. 
God loved you in the middle. God loves you unconditionally. He loves you with no strings attached. That's why John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, God so loved the world. Look at the world. Pastor, look at the mess of the world. Look at people. I can't believe people. God loves people. God loves the world. You know what that means? That, mean God's, that means God loves you. He loves you. Here's the question. The question is why? Why does God love you? Why does God love me? Here's the answer. Let me give it to you. Because. That's it. Because what? Just because God is love. He just loves you. And it's hard for people to believe that God just loves them because we're so programmed to believe in conditional love. It's hard for us to wrap our little brains around unconditional love because a lot of us grew up in homes where we received love based on performance, you know. We grew up, we've grown up in a culture that, that affirms us and accepts us and, and loves us based on our performance. Oh, you made a good grade? Hey, we love you. Way to go. You're smart and you start feeling accepted even as a little kid because you hit the home run in T-ball because you made the good grade, because you made dad or mom happy, because you did what grandpa or grandma asked you to do. And now you feel validated. You feel accept accepted. You feel like your performance got you in the, good, in the group. It got you on the good side. It got you feeling more loved, even as adults. We have this performance base when it comes to love and acceptance. You know what? You did good on the job. You did good. You, 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 you made the project happen, and now you feel accepted. You feel validated. You feel loved. Boy, if you do what your spouse wants you to do, boy, they love you. Or you do what your boyfriend or girlfriend wants you to do. Oh, I love you now. You did what I wanted. And we can start to think that God's like people. God's love is not conditional. God's love is unconditional. Conditional. One of the things I do all the time with my children is I tell my children, I love you. Every day, I just, I love you. I love you. I want my children to understand I love them no matter what they do. They're my kids. No matter what my children do, I love my kids. And friends, can I tell you that my love can in no way compare to God's love for us. And if I can love my kids no matter what they do, can I tell you our great God can love you no matter what you do. God's love is much stronger than ours. God says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 through 39, I want you to catch this. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, those words are very key today. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God's love is not based on who I am. It's based on who he is. He loves us. Just because, not if, not if, but just because. And I hope that you will become convinced of this today. Somebody needs to hear this. God loves you. I, I've struggled with this. That's why I can preach this with such conviction. Because throughout my life, this has been a struggle. And I grew up off and on going to church as a kid. 
I grew up off and on going to Sunday school as a kid and hearing the story of Noah and the flood and, and David and Goliath and Daniel. And I, I grew up hearing Bible stories. But I struggled because in my high school years, my freshman and sophomore and junior year, I, I lived wild. I was chasing the girls. I was pumping junk in my mind and watching stuff I shouldn't be watching. And, and you know what? I, I didn't feel very lovable. I, I didn't really think God could love somebody like me because like me, I made all these mistakes and I, I did all of this. And some things I knew I wasn't supposed to do, but I did it anyways. And I just thought there's no way God could love me. I, I struggled. And, and even after I gave my life to Jesus Christ, one of the greatest struggles with my relationship with God has been, does God really love me? Because I was just so used to performance and, and acceptance and, 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 and being accepted if I did something. And I struggled believing that, that God loved me. And then, and then I, I love preachers. I love all types of preaching. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a preacher fan. I just love preaching. I love preachers that preach God's word. But there are different kinds of preachers. And when I was growing up, I remember hearing a lot of hellfire and brimstone preachers. You know, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> You sinned and you're going to go to hell. Man, come on, anybody like me, I try to get saved every service. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like raise your hand every You know what I'm talking about? Because I just didn't think God could love me. I mean, I just raise your hand every service. Just God. And they give the altar call. If you need, I need them again because what you just said, I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like, you know, God's mad at me today because I know what I did. You know, and I just, and I had a hard time. Believing that God, that God loved me. In spite of my mistakes, my mess-ups, God loved me. And somebody needs to know this, that God loves you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Listen, my sin can stop God's blessings, but it can't stop God's love. I said my sin can stop God's blessings, but it can't stop God's love. God loves me. 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 God loves you. There's a third thing that I want you to see today, and that is this. God loves you so much he gave. He loves you so much he gave. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Listen, love is never content to simply exist. Love must act. Love must act. Love is an action word. Love will prove itself always by what it does. Love that does nothing is not love. Love that does nothing is a counterfeit. It's a phony. If there's no action, it's a gimmick. God didn't just say, I love you. God so loved, he did something. And the Bible says God so loved that one day God the Father looked down at earth and he saw the wickedness, he saw the sin, he saw the chaos, he saw the disease, he saw all that was ushered into the earth because of humanity's poor decisions. And God so loves the world, God so loves, God so loves, God so loves the world. He looked over at his son, 
tapped him on the shoulder. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We call that the Trinity. And all of them are 100% God. And God the Father tapped God the Son. They're living in splendor. They're living in glory. They're living in perfection. And God the Father said, you see, they're a mess down there. I love them. We, we, we love humanity. Son, you got to go. And he taps Jesus on the shoulder. And Jesus left splendor, left heaven, left glory. Humbled himself. Wrapped himself in flesh. Became a baby in the womb. God gave. The baby was born, baby Jesus, in a stable, in a manger, in a barn with animals all around. God gave. And Jesus lived a life for 33 years. He went through what we went through. He went through temptation. He went through trials. He went through pain. He went through heartache. He went through loss because he wanted to be a perfect sacrifice for us. God gave. And Jesus got on that cross, that old rugged cross at 33 and a half years old. And he took nails in his hands and nails in his feet. Why? God gave. What kept Jesus on the cross? Because Jesus said, I could call a legion of angels to get me down on this cross. What's keeping me here is love. I had you on my mind. God gave. Jesus gave his life, hung, bled, and died, was placed in a borrowed tomb and could have stayed there for all eternity, but God gave and, and Jesus rose again on the third day with all power in his hands. God gave and then eyewitness accounts saw Jesus alive on the earth, walking around. Matter of fact, Thomas, he wouldn't believe that Jesus died and rose again, but Jesus let him touch his, 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 his scars from the wounds of dying on the cross. God gave. And then Jesus went into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father today so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. And God gave, not only did Jesus leave, but then he sent back the Holy Spirit so that every single Christian can have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. God gave us the Holy Spirit because he loves us. He said, I'm going to give you a counselor. I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you a teacher. I'm going to give you the paraclete. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so you'll never be alone. God gave because he loves us love always requires action that's why Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us God demonstrates his own love God acts because love must out come on out worship team first John chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 says this is how God showed come on would you just write show in the chat line chat line just write show show God showed God showed come on, everybody it's how God showed God shall love always acts. God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Love must act. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus. John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever, come on everybody shout whosoever. Come on, everybody shout, whosoever. 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life God loves you so much he gave Jesus he did something to show you that he loves you so much the Bible says now whosoever there's a free gift called Jesus whosoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life who in the world is whosoever let me tell you who whosoever is whoever is referring to you it's referring to me it's talking about the murderer and the thief it's talking about the good person and the bad person it's talking about the rich and the poor the happy and the sad the black and the white the brown and the yellow it's talking about the neat and the nasty the weak and the strong the wise and the foolish it's talking about the tall and the short the young and the old whoever will believe in Jesus will have everlasting life would you receive the love of God would you receive the love of God God loves you God loves you God loves you he gave Jesus he gave Jesus don't sign offline don't get up and leave come on somebody worship Jesus and receive his love receive his love today. hard time believe God loves you listen to me God loves you there's nothing that you can do to make God not love you he loves you he gave Jesus because he loves you now today would you receive his gift of grace and mercy and salvation and God does not have a manipulating love God, God, God doesn't want something from you have you ever had somebody that tells you they love you, but you know they got something, you know, you're like, you got a family member, you're like, why are you telling me you love me? And you're like, I, go, I love you, I love you. You're like, what do you want? That's not God. He doesn't have an ulterior motive, he doesn't have an agenda. Matter of fact, God wants you to give him your messed up life so that he can give you real life. God wants you to give, up your, give him your jacked up life so that he can give you abundant life. Listen, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that today's the day that somebody is going to receive your love. They're going to receive the free gift of salvation and grace. They're going to make you their Lord today.
I thank you that you love us so much that you don't let us stay the same and you pursue us because you love us. In Jesus' name I pray. His eyes are closed in the building. His eyes are closed online. His eyes are closed at every campus. Today's somebody's day to receive the gift of God's love. You feel so unlovable. You feel so ashamed. You feel so just worn down by life. You feel like I've messed up so much, but I'm telling you, God loves you so much. He wants to forgive you. He wants to wash away your sins. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He wants to be your comforter, your helper, your God. He wants you to begin to live with purpose. There's somebody that I'm talking to today that you used to live for Jesus and you're here on this Christmas Sunday watching online or in person and you've drifted away from God and you know what you 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 know better I've been there you know better and because you know better you feel horrible you feel condemned you feel like I know I shouldn't be living like this how could God ever receive me back home again that's what God does he'll take the prodigal son or daughter He says, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. I've been waiting on you. I've been looking on the front porch every day, hoping you'd come back home. He said, Andy, come on. I love you. Come on. Come on. Come on. If that's you, as I count to three, would you raise your hand high around this building at every location, right there in your home, right there in your living room, right there in your kitchen. Would you raise your hand high and receive the love of God today. One, two, three. Just raise it high. Say, Pastor, that's me. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Others, should I just lift it high? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The love of God. The love of God is filling your life. The love of God. He loves you. He loves you. Come on, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you that you gave your son because you loved me. And today I just turn away from my sin and my way of life. And today I run to the love of God. Today I just confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for washing away my sins. Thank you that I'm a child of God. Thank you that today I can rededicate my life to the Lord and come home again. My life is yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Come on, would you give it up for Jesus right now? That's the what a what a mighty God.